everybody, welcome to Rumors, Money, and Movies. As always, I'm your host, James Bastone. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. I hope that everyone's Christmas celebrations, Hanukkah celebrations, New Year celebrations were all good, lively, with a lot of friends, family, and food. As always, you're listening to Rumors, Money, and Movies. You can follow us on Twitter at armin underscore 901. You can read our letterbox reviews at jbnyric. I've been absolutely grinding on those. And make sure to like wherever you may be listening, subscribe wherever you may be listening, following wherever you may be listening, leaving comments and reviews wherever you may be listening. If you're confused on how to do that, let me know, and I'll get you in the right place. Later in the episode, we're going to have an interview with a very special guest, very special woman. She's been on the show before, and she's going to be on very shortly, and I hope you guys stick around for that really fun interview. But before we do that, I do want to talk about box office news since we last discussed Avatar. I talked about how that had the opportunity to be one of the biggest movies of the year, how it was going to blow up financially, how it did blow up financially, and it's doing just that. It's again headed for another $40 million weekend this week. It finished domestically as the second highest grossing film, or the third highest grossing film, excuse me, of the year. It finished globally as the highest grossing film of the year. Now it's heading towards its fourth straight weekend at the top of the box office. So its first weekend, as we discussed on the show, it finished with $134 million, and then followed that up with $63 million. Then, over the New Year's holiday, it had $67 million. That means it didn't even decrease. It actually increased from 62 to 67 and now it's going to make about $40 million, maybe a little bit above $40 million, $42 million I saw by the numbers. So, really good, strong result. Also, opening this week in Megan, if you saw it's like the movie about the robot girl, she's like 11, I don't know, she kills people. That's going to make $27 million, which is very strong. So the box office this year, overall, is going to make about $7.5 billion, which is right around what Bruce Nash said it would make back in February. From Variety, there were 40 fewer films released compared to 2019, and the 10 highest films contributed 60% of the box office revenue, which is more than in previous years. Nine out of the ten top films were sequels. The only film that wasn't in the top ten that was a, that wasn't a sequel was the Batman. Which okay, it's not a sequel, but <laughs> it's not a sequel, even though it's not technically a sequel. It's a reboot, right? And out of the top ten, the majority of them were superhero movies. Again, we had Top Gun: Maverick at one, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever at two, superhero film, Avatar: The Way of Water. At three, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's four, but also the second superhero film, Jurassic World, was five. Minions was six. The Batman was seven. Thor Love and Thunder was eight. Spider-Man No Way Home was nine, which was technically released in 2021, but that was holdover business into 2022, which Avatar is going to do something similar in 2023. And then Sonic the Hedgehog was at 10. So five of them were superhero films, nine of them were sequels. All 12 of them were blockbuster franchises. Universal had two, Sony's Pictures had one, Paramount had two, Walt Disney had three, and Warner Brothers had one. But technically, Walt Disney had four because Avatar is with 20th Century Fox potentially being released, financed by Disney. So Disney had four, Universal had two, Paramount had two, Sony had one, and Warner Brothers had one. So all the big five studios all had at least one. Now, reviewing all of their years or reviewing how they all did, Disney yet again won, so we always talk about how they have been winning, right? 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, they won. 2020 doesn't count. 2021 doesn't really count either, and they won in 2022. So 
when it's a full year, they've won five straight. They had $1.93 billion at the box office, which was allocated for 26% of the total domestic gross. Universal had 1.64, which was 22%. So Bruce Nash and I ended up being wrong. Definitely Universal was the highest studio standalone, but Disney, again, because of Avatar and because of being released by 20th Century Fox, which is a our 20th Century Studios now, which is a subsidiary of Disney, Disney was number one. Paramount was at three with 1.29 billion, 17%. Warner Brothers was at four with 0.935, which 13%. Sony was at five with 0.843, which was 11%. A very down year for Warner Brothers, a down year for Sony, but a very up year for Paramount. Again, the reason why Paramount was so high was because of Top Gun Maverick, which was the highest movie of the year. Looking ahead to 2023, Marvel has four movies coming out. So that's big for Disney. Warner Brother, or excuse me, Marvel has three movies coming out. DC has four movies coming out. So that's big for Warner Brothers. Universal has some really big franchises, including Fast Furious 10. Paramount has some big franchises coming up, including Mission Impossible 7. Sony has Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse coming out, which is going to be a monster film, which is a sequel to the first one. Lionsgate has John Wick coming out, so that's a very big film for that studio. MGM has Creed 3 coming out, which is a very big film for that studio. So everyone has a lot of films coming out. I'd say preemptively speaking, Warner Brothers probably has the strongest slate just because they have those four DC films. They also have Dune sequel coming out. They also have a Meg sequel coming out. They also have a Nun sequel coming out. They have a lot of really big franchises. Well, Disney doesn't have as many animated films coming out this year. They do have The Little Mermaid coming out. Universal has a very strong animation. They have, you might have seen commercials for the Super Mario film that's coming out. They also have another two big time Illumination films coming out under that brand. That's big for them. I still think Warner Bros. have a really good year. There's some uncertainty, obviously, with the corporate takeover by Discovery and David Saslav. And they're, you know, what are they doing with DC? They're still the clear number two when it comes to IP. And again, like I just said, they have a loaded 2023 slate. Disney, I probably say, is going to be number two just because three Marvel movies speak for themselves. They're going to make money based off their family fair. And frankly, Avatar is going to give them really good business. So 2023 is actually be a really good year for Disney. And on a more Wall Street level, Disney should be up. Please take the stock up because Bob Chappie got fired by Iger's back in. I don't know if anybody knows about that. So it'll be two. But their big question mark going forward is what's going to happen with the animation business? What's going to happen with Pixar? What's going to happen with Disney Animation Studios? Because Strange World bombed, Lightyear bombed, Turning Way went to straight to Disney Plus. There's questions about what is Disney doing with their animation strategy? Very big questions. Universal should be three. Again, like I just said, Fast Furious 10 is going to be a really big film for them. Mario Brothers should be a really big film for them. Megan's going to give them a really good start to the year. But the big problem with Universal is Jurassic World just ended. So now that franchise is dead. Fast and Furious has two movies left, and they've said that that franchise is dead. Where? You know, where is the other films going to come from? You know, where, where is the money going to come from? They need new They need new franchises now. They don't need them in 2026. They need them now because you need to have them projecting out till 2026. Universal has some problems going forward, I think. Peacock's not taking off. They've even said, I mean, I was, I think I told everybody like, oh, last year I was with the speaking series 
with a studio executive. He even said Peacock was terrible. I mean, I don't think, you know, Peacock's a mess and I don't think buying WWE is going to save that. So they have problems. They're not dead because they still have NBC and they still have their, their theme parks and they still have Comcast. But Universal needs to really pick it up or they're going to have problems. Paramount had a really strong year. But is this a trend or is this a one-hit wonder? Because, yeah, you had Top Gun Maverick. But is Top Gun a new series? Is Top Gun going to have sequels? Is Top Gun going to have other films? I, I don't know, right? And then you also have an issue with what are you doing with Star Trek? And you're bringing back Transformers. I didn't even list it in my opening when I listed all those films because does anyone even care about Transformers anymore other than China? You know, is Transformers even a film that sells? Is Transformers even a film that people care about? I would really be like suspect about that. So I don't know what Paramount's doing long term. I still think they have massive issues. Paramount Plus is also not taking off. So they have issues with their streaming service because it's a dead weight for them. The only thing worse than not having a streaming service is having a really bad one. Because then you need to you need to spend money on the content to get it on the streaming service. But then if no one's paying for the content that you're paying for, you're just paying for content that no one's asking for. Right. And then you're diverting it from other potential revenue streams. The reason why some reason why the people didn't have streaming services is because they could produce a show, sell it, produce a movie, send it to the theatrical market, and then sell the rights to it after you you opened yourself up to multiple revenue streams. Right. As opposed to now with a streaming service, you only have one revenue stream for if a product goes directly to streaming, which is the problem with Netflix has as well, which I'll get to in a second. And then Sony. Sony's probably in the weakest position though, just because recency bias, right? Top Gun Maverick happened this year. They didn't have a Top Gun Maverick at Sony. They have Spider-Man, but what else do they have? What else do they have? I don't know. Do they have anything else? Venom? I mean, I don't know. It's it's even even that's a Spider-Man product. Sony's gonna need to figure out, okay, can we get Jumanji back up and running? Because for me, what are we doing here? Right, Jumanji was four years ago now. We don't even have I mean, I know The Rock's busy, I know Kevin Hart's busy. Call him up, pay him the money. You need to get a sequel out for that. And time flies when you're having fun. It's really three years. I don't want to. It, it came out in December 2019. So it's definitely three years, but still. It's going to be four years and they haven't even announced a sequel. So come on now. You got to get that up and running there. Big time. And then the other problem is, is that their animation studio right now has hit a wall. The good thing for them is they don't have a streaming service. And they just signed that big deal with Netflix, which I talked about last year at times where they sold a lot of their films to Netflix, their entire catalog to Netflix. And you've been if you've been scrolling through Netflix recently, the amount of films on Netflix is way better than it was before. That's because they got this catalog of Sony. But they had to pay over a billion dollars for it. That was really a good deal for both parties. But now if you're Sony, you still don't have a streaming service, which is good because you don't have to spend the money on the service, but it's also bad because you you could be losing out on revenue going forward, right? Out of these five, the only company that really has had a definitive success with streaming is Disney+. Plus. And even that, you could argue, isn't really definitive because, frankly, what shows on Disney+, Plus do you watch? I don't know anybody who watches any shows on Disney+. Plus. Okay? These Star Wars shows that are coming out, I don't know anybody who's watching them. These Marvel shows that are coming out, I don't know anybody who's liking them. So Disney+, Plus is a definitive success financially so far, but even Disney is having problems trying to make money off of it. HBO Max and Warner Brothers are going to merge it with Discovery Plus. We have to wait on that. We don't know why that's going to work out. And then obviously I said Peacock with Universal, Paramount Plus with Paramount. And then obviously Sony doesn't have one. 
The only good thing I'm excited about for next year is the fact that you have a lot of variety in what movies are released. Like I just said, you know, Disney has three Marvel movies. Warner Brothers has four DC movies. Paramount has some big movies. Sony has some big movies. But Lionsgate has John Wick and a Hunger Games prequel coming out, which is big. MGM has a Creed 3 sequel coming out. That's big as well. One thing I want to do say is, okay, so MGM had the sale to Amazon. Okay, what is Lionsgate going to do? Because for me, if I look at Lionsgate, and this is not just me talking, a lot of people have said this, so this isn't special to me. But are they going to get sold? Because the thing is, is that MGM got sold for $8 billion. What are you buying Lionsgate for? Especially because Lionsgate now has some big potential blockbusters coming out with John Wick. That's a new fran- you know, that's a that's a developing franchise. Maybe a Hunger Games prequel trilogy, you never know. So for me, I look at that and I say, who's gonna buy Lionsgate? The f- everything now is sort of the only thing we're waiting on from an entertainment perspective is the WWE, and I'll get to that in like three seconds, and the NBA TV rights. So the NBA TV rights are gonna be big. We know that Turner needs the rights as badly as anybody. We know ESPN, frankly, really needs it. It's probably more than anybody because they, if ESPN loses the NBA rights, they're, they're in big-time trouble. They just are. I mean, I can give you a multiple reasons. Number one, that Wednesday, Friday is done. Number two, they already lost a lot of college basketball inventory because I don't think people realize not only did they lose the entire Big Ten package that they had, they also lost half of the Big 12 package that they had. So now they're going to have a lot less to show people in the winter months. And if you lose the NBA, ESPN is basically dead. Frankly, the whole reason NBA ESPN is a good thing is because you could say in the fall we have the NFL, in the winter and spring we have the college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL, and in the summer you know we kind of get by. They already lost; they have no soccer international rights, so their summer months are going to be dead, right? The summer's owned by Fox. The winter, this fall is owned by everybody, but the winter and spring is owned by ESPN. If you lose the NBA, you don't own the winter and spring anymore. Whoever gets the NBA owns the winter and spring. You can't lose it. When it comes, so that's the big domino to fall when it comes to streaming because everybody's involved on everyone's in on the NBA. Okay. And the second thing is it's gonna happen with WWE because Vince McMahon just went back into power with the WWE, which is a, a disgrace. Okay. And now the question is he's gonna sell the company. And the number one person, and I think it's gonna happen, is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the public fund that they have. First they bought golf, then they bought Cristiano Ronaldo. Now they're gonna buy WWE. And the reason why is because Vince McMahon basically like uh, sexually assaulted women and then paid them money to be quiet and then didn't deny it. He got removed for that, but now he's back because he threatened not approving any media rights for the company because he has that power. So the WWE media rights are available now. But what's more important than that is Vince McMahon already said that he's wanting he wants to sell the company. What I read is the plan is to sell the company and make it private. The only reason I bring this up is, is if you're Peacock and the NBC, are you going to bid for this? Another suitor was potentially Disney. Is Disney going to bid for this? I, I really think one of these companies, one of these five is going to buy. If it's not Saudi Arabia who buys WWE, which I still think is probably going to happen because they'll buy it and keep Vince in charge. It's either going to be Disney, who I saw was interested, or Universal NBC, who's very interested. That's going to be an important domino to fall here. Who is the company that buys the WWE if they really are going to sell, which it looks like they are? Those are the last two dominoes to fall. And then we'll be able to see long-term what's going to happen. Because again, you have these big five studios, 
You have Amazon who's in the mix. You have Apple who's in the mix. And then you have Netflix who's in the mix. And I said I was going to talk about Netflix. I'm going to talk about it for one second. I don't know if they're going to follow Bruce Nash's strategy of doing the release in theaters and then release on streaming. But the more I think about Netflix and the more I look at their, because I haven't really been on the platform a lot recently, but I did start going on the platform because around the holidays, they had a lot of new movies releasing. So I was watching, I watched, for example, Glass Onion, which I thought was terrible. But anyway, then I saw that they have Pinocchio and they have White Noise and they have all these other different movies that are releasing. For me, I still think Netflix is a is a big time, big time player in this. They're not going anywhere just because they have all the revenue coming in. And while it may not be as be increasing as it was in the past, the real strategy I think that Netflix has above everybody else is, is they have the tentpoles. They have the stuff that you want to watch, which then draws people into the service because now at least I'm on Netflix again, right? Other than that and HBO Max, I mean, I don't have Paramount Plus or these other services, you know, Peacock or anything. But my point being is you got to make people want to go to your service and Netflix has that. And if Netflix is able to, I think, and I've been thinking about it, partner with another studio, would a studio be willing to do that? Partner with Netflix in order to help them distribute their film? I think that could work. I think that would be smart. And I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix buys Lionsgate. This is this is based off nothing but myself. I'm putting the prediction out there. Because if you're Netflix, you have cash. You're, you, you know, cash is not a problem. If you're Lionsgate, you're not able to compete with these big five studios. You're in limbo. You're not making the money. The money isn't there. Well, if you sell yourself to Netflix, now Netflix buys all your catalog, if you're from Netflix perspective, but also now Netflix has an easy way to release their films. So I don't know. I'm just saying, I think that is the way. And then not only that, but what they also own, which I don't think a lot of people know, is they own some syndication, which Netflix can sell off, but they also own stars, which now that gives Netflix yet another avenue to have streaming rights and to incorporate things into their portfolio. Because I think one of the problems that Netflix has is they don't have brands. Well, if you buy if you buy Lionsgate, now you can have different brands. You can have Sony or whatever you want. I don't know if you can call it that, but you can have Lionsgate, Stars, Netflix as different companies on your platform. Lionsgate has a lot of IP and a lot of content that Netflix may just buy Lionsgate. So one thing I think people need to keep in mind is as I wrap up this discussion here is the acquisition is going to be big. Again, you have the NBA coming up. That's going to be that's a really big rights acquisition. You have the WWE potentially coming up, which is going to be a very big entertainment acquisition, and then Lionsgate as well. The shocks are lurking. Just keep that in mind. And then now, guys, thanks for listening to this box office preview slash rewind. Going forward, we're going to try to have some more interviews, by the way. Bruce Nash is going to come back on, I hope, and a variety of other interviews that I'm going to have on with some really big people. So I'm excited for that. But now our next interview is with Carolyn Civarelli. And she is an older woman. And I hope you give her the admiration that at least I do. And please enjoy this episode, the rest of this episode, as I interview her on her thoughts on life and film and everything. So thanks for listening to my part of the episode. Stick around, though, for the transition as we transition to the Carolyn Silverly interview coming up next. Thanks, guys. And as promised now, this is the interview portion of our episode. Joining me now is Carolyn Civarelli. 
just want to say hello and introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, my name is Carolyn Civarelli, and I'm being interviewed by James Bastone about the movies that I used to go to when I was younger. I first started going to the movies when I was about 14, and it was only 25 cents at that time to get in. And I used to go almost every Saturday with my sister. But of course, they were old movies, and I don't remember the names right now. That's good. So you've been to the movies, you started going when you were 14. So when were you 14? Like, how old were you? How old are you now? When were you born? I was born in 1934. So 1948, you were 14. So you're 88 now. And now I'm 88, right. So you grew up watching movies. And now you still watch movies. So how many movies do you watch a day? Like, Oh, I watch them on TV now, about six or seven. I always have the TV on. Six or seven a day. And I enjoy them. But of course, I can't remember the names after I see them. <laughs> but I remember them if I saw them before. I'll, I'll watch them again yeah. if they're a good movie, you know. So what's your favorite movie? I think Gone with the Wind. Is what I remember the most. Clark Gable. That was the first movie. He said, I don't give a damn. <laughs> and that really, you know, was a shocker. But today's movies, everything is a shocker. What does that mean? Well, it's nudity, cursing, everything, in which I don't particularly care for. But if I don't like it, I just change the channel and I don't watch it. Whereas if you go to the movies, you can't do that. You have to sit and watch it. Although with my sister, she would get up and walk out, but mm. I wouldn't. So you used to watch a movie a week at the theater. Did everyone yes. do that? Um, there was something to do on a Saturday. Yeah, with the kids. Yeah, I mm. would say so. But of course, as we got older and went into high school, you didn't go as much, you know. And with it, how were the theaters like then compared to now? Smaller. It was a, a neighborhood theater. They were kind of small. It was nice. It was comfortable, you know. And then uh, as we got older and I got married, my husband and I, before I got married, I used to go, they used to give out dishes. If you went like on a Thursday night to the movies, mm -hmm. you'd get a free dish. And I used to go every Thursday oh, wow. and I got a free dish. <laughs> wow. Which was nice. You know, they don't do any of that anymore. Mm -hmm. And the prices now, they're what? $13, $14 to get into a movie, which is, I and think... And it was a quarter back then. Yeah. Wow. But this is how many years later, you 80, know. you know, 60 years later, whatever, 80 years later. A lot of, a lot of time later. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, I mean, it was, it was a cultural event, right, you'd say, like to go to the movies? Oh, yeah, the movies were always crowded. Not When I saw to go with my sister after we were married, we used to go in White Plains, the early show movie. It was empty, really, compared to like years ago. But years ago, they only had like one movie, two movies maybe a day. Today, they have, ah, I don't know how many. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. So what, what kind of movies were you seeing? Or what were the movies that you remember that seeing in a theater that were really good for you? Oh, I remember almost all of them that I liked. Like uh, Rear Window, Gone with the Wind, the the Spaghetti Trilogy. Mm. I don't know if you remember Bullet with mm. Steve McQueen. He passed away. Most of the actors Most of that people, I knew. Yeah. 
have passed away. (laughs) But I liked all the old actors. I don't know any of the new ones coming up because I don't go to the movies anymore, to be honest. Who was your favorite actor? Or actress? I liked a lot of them. I liked Kirk Douglas. I thought he was good. I thought Clint Eastwood was good. Clark Gable was good. You know, there's quite a few of them that I like. Robert Redford. <laughs> He's, he made movies even recently, I yeah, think. Yeah. As he got older. Who but, was who did everyone have a crush on? Oh, I don't know. I like I like Dinah Andrews. I don't know if you knew him. <laughs> See? That's before your time. Yeah, before right? my time. But uh, there was quite a few that I thought were good looking, nice men. Of course, I like them, you know, more or less the men I've been drawn to. <laughs> what are you laughing for? It's no, true. I know. I know. No, I'm just kidding. Like, who, like there was like celebrity crushes. Didn't you get like, like the posters or whatever? No, or I never like got that? that. No, no. I was never from that world, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We went to the movies. I enjoyed it. That was it. I enjoyed reading, which I still do, you mm-hmm. know. You read a lot too, though, right? Big one. You read a lot? Yeah. You, do you watch movies more or read more? I think I read more. Really? Uh, I used to go to the library once a week <clears throat> where I used to live, which it's not there anymore now. But I thought, you know, I used to read a lot of Westerns. Zane Gray, I liked him. You like James Patterson too, no? Oh, yeah, that's recent. That's only because my sister got yeah, me started on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she gives me a lot of books. How have the movies changed over the years for you? I think they got more risky, personally. They a lot more cursing, a lot more F words in it, and uh, a lot of nudity. And I hate to tell you, a lot of remakes that when I go, I say, gee, I think I saw this movie years ago. You know, mm-hmm. not that I go to the movies that much anymore. But I you see a new movie or whatever. Yeah, sometimes I say I wasted my money. I'm, you know, <laughs> even movies I watch on TV after I finish watching it, I say, what did I watch that for? I didn't like the ending and I didn't like the way the movie was, you know. And I say, I'm glad I didn't go see that in the movies to spend my money. Yeah. Do you like the, like, all the technology, like the effects and all this other stuff? I tell you the truth. I never really thought about it. I just think about the story and the movie. Everything seems to come together. And I never really thought about the technology of it. You Mm. know. Because they were so well made years ago. I think, personally. Mm. Do you think movies were more popular when you were young? Yes, definitely. Definitely. There was nothing else to do. We'd go to the movies. Whereas now there's so much more to do. You know. Mm. And people don't seem to go that much anymore. Younger people go. Yeah, I go. Like, right, on a Saturday night. But older people tend not to go anymore. Like, I don't go anymore. And so you'd say you like older movies better? I know? think so, yeah. I like them personally. Hmm. I think they're better made. <laughs> well, there's good movies coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know. And and I think the actors were better. I don't. Really? Some of the new ones are good, but I don't know any of the new ones that much, you know, because I don't like I say I don't go to the movies, and when I see them on TV, sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't. 
generally, did you watch TV though at all over the years or not really? Yes. Uh, channel two years ago, well, when we first got our first TV, I was maybe 14, 15. That was the first TV we got. And they used to have a movie once a week on Saturday night. Channel 2 used to have a movie. Mm-hmm. Not that I remember what it was, but right. that I used to watch that. But generally, they didn't have movies on TV yeah. then. It was mostly all shows. And when you were young, like back in the 50s and 60s and 70s when TV started, NBC, CBS, ABC, did you like watching shows more or movies? Shows. Really? They didn't have too many movies. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the movies. Right, then that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, on TV, they didn't have too many movies. Just the last, uh, I would say, 20 years. So what was your favorite show? Favorite show? Like any shows that stuck out to you? Uh, I think on Saturday night was the, um, I can't even think of his name. He used to have, he brought on all the new actors like. Uh, they gave it? No, he wasn't even alive then. <laughs> uh, I can't think of his name. Somebody. Yeah. He used like... to have a show every Saturday. And he used to, he brought on um, Elvis Presley, all those entertainers in the beginning. Did you like I Love Lucy? I liked I Love Lucy, yes. That was a good show. In fact, they make repeats of it now, too. Yeah. And uh, what's that other one? I can't think of the names. Something. I don't remember the names, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. But uh, one way he was the office manager. And then they had a spinoff of it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I we'll can't think of the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because there was, I don't think people realized when you were like before, when you were a kid, there was no TV shows because there no. was no TV. No. So when no. you got a TV, it was a big deal. Oh, it was, and it was black and white. There was no color TV or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, we didn't even have a refrigerator. We had an ice box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we used to have to get the ice every day, my sister mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. with the wagon around the mm-hmm. corner. It was completely different. And so how is it how's it like watching TV now with like all these channels and services? It's and... wonderful. Okay. I think the guy got to, they have TVs on all day, all night. <laughs> they have movies on, mm-hmm. which I like any time of the day. In fact, I don't even watch the shows anymore. No, you watch Yellowstone. I, oh yeah. That's the only one I watch. <laughs> I got hooked on it. And I hate continuation. I hate things that are continued. But I happened to get hooked on it, and now I have to wait eight months or whatever. Yeah, for the summer to for it said after the summer it was going to start again. Now let me ask you like about some culturally big movies. If you've seen, did you like them? Did you not like them? Okay, just nothing in depth. I just want to know from your perspective. You live, you lived through a lot of movies. Yeah, I I the big movies. Yeah, I like did you that. like Alfred Hitchcock? Oh yeah, I thought he. I thought it was very good. His movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like, uh, like Steven Spielberg's his films, like Jaws and E.T. Oh, I, oh yeah, E.T. I wasn't that crazy about, but Jaws I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked the Jaws. Uh, did you like like Star Wars or any of no, that stuff? No. Star Trek, none of that. No, I never watched. You don't like sci-fi, that. I guess. No, I do, but I didn't like particularly that. 
And what do you did you ever get into like the uh, like superhero movies like Batman or Superman even back in your day like when they were just starting out? No, not even in the sixties when they had the shows and whatnot. No, I never. You never read the comics or anything like that. Comic books, yeah, I liked the comics that I liked. Mm. <laughs> my aunt, my uncle used to have a lot of comics, and whenever we went over there, I used to read the comic books. And those were a big deal back in the day, too, yeah. right? Comic books, yeah, that was a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about you speaking? Like, do you ever think about you ever use YouTube or anything like that, or no? No. <laughs> What's YouTube? A video service, like all those, like no, inter- not- like social media, anything like that. No, no, I'm not electronically capable. Right. <laughs> And I don't want to be at my age, be honest no, with you. It's better that way. Yeah. Unplugged. Unplugged, right. That's the way I am. Because back when your day. You didn't I mean, have anything. When did you first have a phone? Oof. I don't remember. You mean in the house? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Who knows? I think when I went to high school, 1948, something like that. That was a phone. But they had phone outside phones that you right, could like use, phone, booth phone boots and phone, you know, you don't see any of them anymore because everybody has these portable phones. And then one last thing on the technology part is radio. Oh, we always listen to the radio. That was a big deal, right? That was, realize. that was a big deal. Long Ranger. We watched every night. My father and I, we used to well, listen every night. Listen yeah. every night. It was like right. stories, but they had like shows right. on the radio. On the like... radio, right. Nothing like the radio. Now, the only time I listen to the radio is in the car. <laughs> yeah. There are no radios, really. No, no one has radios anymore. No. Because even your phones are radio. I don't even know. You can play music on your phone is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not too musically I... inclined. Yeah, you don't like a lot of music. <laughs> no. So, any final thoughts on movies in general? In general? I think the older movies were made better. I think the actors were very good and actresses, you know. Hepburn and... Oh, I liked Catherine Hepburn, yeah. She played all different parts they seem to play, you know, like comedy, drama, you know. But today's, there seems to be one part that that's it. That's all they could play, at least what I could see anyway. And just as before we wrap up for everyone, because, you know, people are going to be listening to this. This is once this gets published, it's in the Internet forever. <laughs> a little bit about your life. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in the Bronx. My mother passed away when I was very young. I was nine years old when she passed away. And then we moved from Benedict Avenue in the Bronx with my children, they went to St. Helena's and they made their communion confirmation there. And I used to play Parkchester when it was first built. I used to play, we used to play in Parkchester going from building to building downstairs. And then we moved to Victor Street in the Bronx because my grandparents lived next door and mm. they could help out during the day while my father worked, you know. And then you... When did you eventually, when you got married in the Bronx? Quite a while. Uh, by then, both my children went to Immaculate Conception, and I lived in Olinville Avenue. And it was very, very nice because all the couples had kids, and we all went outside and we played in the playground together. And 
it was and then little by little everybody started to move and we were the last ones in the building that moved my husband and I and the two children we moved to Westchester West Harrison mm. and you lived there basically your whole life after. 41 years I lived there <laughs> until they told me that I had to move they wanted the apartment so you've lived in New York your entire life yep born and raised <laughs> do you think I'm you proud of it do you think you have an accent? Bronx accent? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I can't get rid of it, no. to be honest with you. It's there and that's it. <laughs> Nothing I could do about that. No, I know. I know. And so any final, anything, the floor is yours. I give this to any guests. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to say now? Just anything in general. Not even anything about movies. No, I had a wonderful life. I mean, I'm 88 years old. I look back, it's wonderful. I'm happy. I'm not happy that my husband passed away, but. And we used to go to the movies when we first got married, him and I. We used to go once a week, too, to the movies. So it was something to do, you know. And then the kids came along and you couldn't get out that much unless you got a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. It was a nice time growing up. And now you're a great-grandmother. Now I'm a great-grandmother, my first great-grandchild. <laughs> Hopefully you listen to this, Madeline, when you're older. Madeline, right. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. You're still doing well. well thanks for coming on. You're quite welcome. Was <laughs> I'm it happy fun? To do it. Yes, it was fun. Better than I thought, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, you answered the questions pretty well. You gave everybody... I didn't know about the meals thing. I'll tell you, I didn't know about they gave away dinners and stuff at the movie theater. They gave away dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Not with meals in them. You know, plain plain dishes. Wait, they gave away just a dish? Yeah. There's no food on the dish. No, no. Why would you have one a dish? Why would, why would a movie theater give I you said a dish? You made a dish set. Like, say, eight dishes or 12 dishes. Why would a movie theater give you a dish? They did. I don't know why. They mean you just gave you a regular dish. A regular dish. With no yeah. food on it. No, and you made a set, a set of dishes. But did it have like a movie on it or something? No. Or it's a no, plain dish. A plain dish. That's a weird movie theater. It was small. That was uh, that was when I lived at 3225 North Chestnut Street. That movie's gone too. Do you ever go oh. to the, remember the, uh, they used to have like the uh, sex theaters in New York and all no, that? No, never went to any of them. Nope. <laughs> It's not that. from that world. No. <laughs> My father took us to Rockefeller Center mm. to see this Christmas show every year. We went to that. And Rockefeller, we went ice skating. I used to ice skate, mm -hmm. which was nice. Yeah. You did a lot. Yeah. You went to Cuba before anybody else did. That I did when I started working. Uh, my friends and I, we went. Because no one else went basically for like 60 years. No one could go. Well, we went before Castro. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Which was, I don't, you couldn't even go out supposedly from the hotel alone. You weren't, you know, wasn't, was frowned on for women to go out, young girls to go out alone. Mm, yeah, especially <laughs> I could see. So we were basically in the hotel. We only were there for like uh Three or four days. I think we went from Florida to Cuba, yeah. which was nice. I yeah. went a lot of places before I got married Yeah, with my friends. 
Well, if you want to know more, you're, you're writing a book, right? Of so to speak. Yes. If I, I didn't, I didn't get past the first few pages yet. But you have some people listening to this gave you a book. You have to listen to it. So you have to write. I have to write in it. So if you want to know more information, there's going to be a book about her soon. Not about my whole life, about parts of it. With some in there, yeah. Yeah, parts of it. Well, there's parts of your life in this, so. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I wish I would have did more traveling, but my husband didn't like to travel that much. Say lovey. Right. Hey, Sarah, Sarah. Just on our honeymoon, we went to Florida. And then before we had the children, we used to go to Florida. And then one year we went from Florida to Nassau, which was nice. Bahamas. That's the Bahamas, Nassau. Yeah. yeah. And then one year we went to uh, Pennsylvania, Poconos. But what it costs to go to the Poconos, we decided to go back to Florida. We like Florida better <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. I was never like to go, would never want to live down there. No, too it's hot. too hot. Yeah. Too hot for him. Nice for me. <laughs> yeah, you like the warm weather. I like warm weather. And that's about it. Cool. Well, good to know. I'm glad you came on. I'm glad. I am too. It was very better than I thought. Let me You've put been it on to before, you remember? You were on many, for... many years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, you were on for President's Men podcast with your other grandson. With Robert. Mm -hmm. Well, you're an avid listener to the show, and now you're part of the history of the show. So, Which is good. I can't wait to hear this segment. <laughs> yeah. I hope it comes out good. Yeah, well, I'm going to edit it, so don't worry about that. And then your next one, but so far I enjoyed all your shows. I thought they were very good. Yeah, well, the next one's a three-year anniversary show, so oh, that should be very nice. Everyone's same thing as last year. There's gonna be a Zoom link. You can come on and say a few words if you want. We'll be should very be nice. Should be very nice. Hopefully, people will be like, "Oh my god, they're gonna you be the star of it," because <laughs> everyone's gonna listen to your show and be like, "I oh don't my think god. so. I don't think so." <laughs> mm -hmm. If I well. They, I enjoy each day. Each day, get up and put your feet on the floor and walk. That's a good day. Is that your advice? Yeah, that is. That, and enjoy every day because they go by very fast. Years go by fast. You blink and they're gone. That's why you should enjoy when you can. If you can. And if you could afford it. <laughs> That's the main thing. Well, sounds good. Well, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. It was very enjoyable. Good. And thanks, everybody, for listening to RMM. And talk to you guys later. We'll see you for the three-year anniversary show. Bye-bye.